With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast sponsored by Overdrive. As usual, off the top, we want to remind you that you can follow us on social media. We are on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at ProBookNerds. Send us an email, say hello, send your suggestions, ideas to the email address, professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And as always, we appreciate your reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. All of the housekeeping out of the way, let's dive into today's episode. We are shockingly halfway and some change through the year. So we thought it would be time to check in for our Pro Book Nerds Reading Challenge 2023. Hello, Joe. Hi. Can you believe we're halfway through the year? No. Uh, me either. What is time? <laughs> what is time indeed? I mean, you know, the listeners don't, but I'm planning our giant conference happening in Cleveland. And I've been so focused on making it to the beginning of August that I don't think I realized time is like marching past that we're at that halfway point that we're, yeah, I mean, I'm like, 40-ish days away from the conference and that alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) No, yeah, time keeps marching on and we are near July at the time that we are recording this episode. Yeah. I cannot believe that we only have a little over, a little less than actually halfway of the year. That was not English. If you are making excellent progress on your Pro Book Nerds Reading Challenge, yay. And Good for you. <laughs> if not, we have some suggestions to the prompts that we included on the 2023 challenge. And we've actually done a few episodes this year with book recommendations. That took too long to get there. With book recommendations that match those themes. So a couple of shout outs like right off the top. We did Greek myth retellings on the podcast back in March. If you want to look out for that, that had dozens of suggestions for that prompt. What else have we done, Joe? We did our Hunger Games retro, which would count as a popular YA series. So you can you can check off right then and there. There's there's two for you. We do also have an episode. Coming up soon, of course, time is an illusion. So like soon is relative, but I think in August. Yeah, August, soon, yeah. soonish. <laughs> soonish in August. Uh, we have an episode dedicated to the highest and lowest books on our to be read list or our TBR. I think you should be excited for that one. I know we are, uh, but you know, you can explore your own TBR and pull some titles there. Come for some tea. 
Exactly. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a juicy episode, I think. I think so. Especially because if we look at some of the metrics for the ratings, whether we're using Goodreads or wherever, obviously the ratings are subjective. So we're just going to be going off of what is like highest on that list for us and lowest on that list for us. So there might be some controversial takes. Should be pretty fun. Um, Emma, which of the reading challenge answers are you most looking forward to hearing from folks? I know personally, I'm dying to hear what book people picked only for the cover. That's a great one. As <laughs> we both really love the cover, we love when something just speaks to us based on vibes and look. I am also really excited to hear what people have been reading that fits the book with a map. Mm -hmm. I feel like the level of map can be varied. It can vary. Yeah. Yes. Whether you're reading this on a physical book or digitally, Mm -hmm. I actually sometimes prefer to read things with a map digitally because I can like much easier, a lot easier to flip back back to the map. But um, yeah, sometimes the map is like a double, like oh right, both, it like folds out. Sometimes right, it it's the, out. the full spread, just both pages. Yeah, so I'm interested to see what folks uh, send in for their books with a map pick. Send I'll us also a photo. <laughs> I'll, right, I'll also be really curious to see what genres fall into book with a map because my brain defaults to fantasy as books with maps, but I'm curious to see if other genres are doing it as well. Right. Surely. I feel like sci-fi, but I mean, that's kind of two sides of the same coin. Kind of the same, again, romanticy, all kind of the same, but yeah, that's a good point. I can think of maybe a few examples. Right. That are not fantasy, but I do have examples for that one that are both fantasy. (laughs) Definitely. Well, and you know, I personally love taking a reading challenge to, I don't know, find the, I I think it's one way to help you expand your palette, so to speak, if you wanted to try something you've never tried before. But I also like to use it as a way to shoehorn in books that I've been meaning to or dying to read, but for whatever reason, I can't get myself over the hurdle. So if you've been like, you know, we talk about him a lot, Riley Sager, that's an, a book by an author with a pen name right there. You could read any of his. And while we say it all the time, if we haven't been enough, maybe the challenge is the reason you finally go like, yeah, I'll finally read this one. Or You know, if you've been dying to try expanding your cooking selection and there is like a book that you were more focused on the memoir element of it, if it's one of those um, narrative kind of cookbooks, you know, it's a good excuse to get that in as well. So whether you are just trying to check the boxes almost as we wrote them or you are trying to, you know, kind of slide in under the radar. I'm very excited to see how people complete these prompts. But you mentioned it already, Emma. What books with maps do you have for us? I have two suggestions. And one of them is very timely. You may not need to hear about this book again. So (laughs) I apologize if you are fourth winged out. But I feel like we cannot not mention the book of the summer. I don't know of the now. Um, If you have not heard of The Fourth Wing, it is by Rebecca Yaros. It is the first book of a new series 
And I think it was just announced that there are going to be five books in total. So uh, they did a cover reveal for book two that comes out in November already. So we're like, they're really pushing those pre-sales. Yeah. We're like keeping that momentum up while this book pretty much like went viral. It sold out. If you haven't heard about it, it had a limited print run for the first edition that had sprayed edges on the side with white dragons. And Mm -hmm. that edition was like, I don't, like I can't even think of anything rare. It sold out so <laughs> fast. Like yeah, yeah, it went viral and was like immediately sold out everywhere you could ever think of books. So it is back. They did another printing. So if you wanted a physical copy, you could acquire one. However, what is wonderful about our libraries in Libby is that they have multiple copies that you can just get right there on your phone. You don't need to spend hours trolling the Targets and the Walmarts and the Costcos trying to find your copy right now. <laughs> uh, so a little bit about this quickly. This follows 20-year-old Violet Sorengale. I love fantasy names. I can never say them. <laughs> she is supposed to enter the scribe quadrant, living a quiet life among books and history. Now, the commanding general, also known as her tough-as-talons mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Nevers dragon riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away because dragons don't bond with fragile humans. They incinerate them. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better their own chances of success. The rest would kill her just for being her mother's daughter, like Zayden Rearson the most powerful and ruthless wing leader in the writer's quadrant. She'll need every edge her wits can give her just to see the next sunrise. Yet with every day that passes, the war outside grows more deadly, the kingdom's protective wards are failing, and the death toll continues to rise. Even worse, Violet begins to suspect leadership is hiding a terrible secret. Friends, enemies, lovers, everyone at Baskieth or college has an agenda because once you enter, there are only two ways out. Graduate or die. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. So that is The Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, if you have not heard of it. I am midway through this book right now, and I can attest it is thus far worth the hype. I'll let you know if I change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you will. (laughs) I'm sure I'll have many emotions between now and the end of the book. (laughs) Right. And that's how you know it did its job. Yeah. Joe, what about you? What was one of the prompts you wanted to talk about today? Yeah. So I want to throw it out there similar to how you just did. I know I just mentioned this book or this series. Um, So I thought I would kind of match you as well. I'm going with a book with a bilingual character. This one would also check off popular YA series. So you can pull double duty with this one if you wanted. Of course, we'd love to see two different titles, but you know, (laughs) this is uh, one of us is lying, one of us is next. And then, of course, not out at the time of recording, but will be out one of us is back book three in Karen M. McManus's series, one of us is lying series. So I'm just going to talk about one of us is back again. And this is listed as third times the charm. It's been almost two years since Simon died in detention and the aftermath has been hard to shake. 
First, the Bayview 4 had to prove they weren't killers. Then a new generation outwitted a vengeful copycat. Now the entire Bayview crew is back home for the summer and everyone is trying to move on. Only this is Bayview and life is never that simple. At first, the mysterious billboard seems like a bad joke. Time for a new game, Bayview. But when a member of the Bayview crew disappears, it's clear this game is serious and whoever's in charge isn't sharing the rules. Or maybe there aren't any. I am super pumped for this book, of course, um, but this is such a fun series. I really enjoy how the first book, uh, One of Us is Lying, sets up a cast of characters that you really fall for, that you just kind of enjoy seeing interact with their world, and then how book two takes kind of a, a, a secondary cast of characters, but still peppers in from the first. And then I'm super excited to see how this book brings all uh, all four all eight of the characters together four and four do some math Uh, (laughs) so i am super excited for this one it is what i will be putting in my slot on the chart for book with a bilingual character so both Maeve and her sister Bronwyn are bilingual they speak Spanish and they often have lines in Spanish in the books it's such a cool touch Uh, It's a really nice way to kind of incorporate that. And I have appreciated in the audiobooks how it is so well spoken and represented. Joe, let's talk about the one that we are both really excited about. Yes. So a friend's favorite book, perhaps? Yeah, because this could be like literally anything. Exactly. I love a wild card spot. This is the equivalent of the bingo, the free space on the bingo board. Mm -hmm. You can truly put just about anything here. And in this case, I will either be reading Me Before You by Jojo Moyes or When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnhill. I know I talked about When Women Were Dragons ages ago. Um, when it was ages ago, I mean, it was May of last year. So a year ago, not too many ages. It feels like ages. What is time? So (laughs) I know it was on my book picks for May last year, um, Mm -hmm. but shocker, that's how the TBR works. Um, And I have never read me before you. Uh, It is from 2012. So Oh my gosh, you said 2012. That can't be. It is. I mean, it is. Indeed from 2012. Wow. This is one of my best friend Ashley's all-time favorite books. Um, I see it every time I go to visit her in Columbus. It is prominently displayed on her bookshelf. So, uh, yeah, they had nothing in common until love gave them everything to lose. Louisa Clark is an ordinary girl living an exceedingly ordinary life. Steady boyfriend, close family, and Louisa has barely been farther afield than their tiny village. She takes a badly needed job working for ex-master of the universe, Will Trainer, who is wheelchair-bound after an accident. Will has always lived a huge life, big deals, extreme sports, worldwide travel, and now he's pretty sure he cannot live the way he is. Will is acerbic, moody, bossy, but Lou refuses to treat him with kid gloves, and soon his happiness means more to her than she expected. When she learns that Will has shocking plans of his own, she sets out to show him that life is still worth living. A love story for the generation and perfect for fans of The Fault in Our Stars, Me Before You brings to life two people who couldn't have less in common. A heartbreakingly romantic novel that asks, what will you do when making the person you love happy also means breaking your own heart? I've also not seen the movie. (laughs) Wait, what? Yeah. 
I famously don't see movies. That's true. <laughs> Sam Claflin. Oh, what's uh, up? Uh, um, uh, Daisy Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Will. Yes. I yes, that's a good the book. I'm looking. I scrolled all the way back on my Goodreads <laughs> to see when I read this. It says July first, twenty fifteen. Okay. I gave it four stars. So that sounds about right. I mean, it is so far out of my comfort zone, which is what's really cool about this prompt on the challenge, because Mm -hmm. I would never pick up. uh, Yeah, (laughs) I I would never pick it up like it is (laughs) like truly it is so far beyond my comfort. It is literature romance, which, you know, I can get into romance, but when we've got lit romance, I can't do that kind of sad. So challenging myself this way, I will probably have a beautiful time. Uh, but we'll also be very sad about it. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested to know what your thoughts are because some mm-hmm. of it I don't know aged well and some of it I don't, but again. Yeah, even reading I, that description, I was like, ooh, now I'm curious of how this actually reads today. And I think some of it as well is like we've learned a lot right. as well over the years. Yeah, 10 years later with you a know, lot of progress in mental health and mm-hmm. d- disability awareness. Like there are exactly. so many, there are so many things just from that description that make me go, hmm. I'd yeah. l- now I'm I'm more curious reading it like a an anthropologist. <laughs> and you know what I find really interesting as well? And we'll talk about this in our episode on rating or on, on highest and lowest rated is <laughs> what I even mean half the time by like four stars or three uh-huh. stars. It's based on nothing other than the mood. The the mood that you're in when you gave it stars. At the time, yeah. So like four stars for that might be totally different for four stars from something else. Right. Yeah, it's so weird to see how I rate, but like how just I rate my own books going through, let alone how other people rate. And I love when's when someone's like four stars and here's how they got them because it always makes me crack up Yeah, because to me it's like this is what I felt like by the time it ended would someone else feel the same way no it's entirely vibe related but when someone's just like one star for good editing (laughs) okay (laughs) right I actually find it helpful on some of my favorite people that I follow on Goodreads, though, if they have like a key of what they mean when they rate things, they're like five stars equals like, and there's some set standards. Right. I should probably think about that for myself, but I'm like, no, we just probably just vibe out. Probably a good idea, but like you and I would never resonate with that in the end anyway. (laughs) No. And, and that's the thing is like four stars of 10 years ago, Emma, Mm -hmm. and four stars now. Right. I'm not going to go back and like change my rating from 2015. Right. I'm that unless something happened or I reread it or something like I'm not going back and altering reviews. No. <laughs> no. Speaking of something that is extremely highly rated and reviewed is actually one of the suggestions I got from one of our Overdrive friends, Abby. This is one of her favorite books. I would say it's a classic in that it's, it came out in when? 2010? It's A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. So, yes. You yeah. may have heard heard of this book. It 
also had a sequel. When was that? Recently. See, now I don't have my notes. Is up the for Candy this House title. the sequel? Yes. Yeah, it is. That came out in 2022. So this was sort of popped back on the radar with the revisiting to the sort of Goon Squad world. But if you have not heard of a visit from the Goon Squad, a little bit of a description for you. Jennifer Egan's spellbinding interlocking narratives circle the lives of Benny Salazar, an aging former punk rocker and record executive, and Sasha, the passionate, troubled young woman he employs. Although Benny and Sasha never discover each other's pasts, the reader does in intimate detail, along with the secret lives of a host of other characters whose paths intersect with theirs over many years in locales as varied as New York, San Francisco, Naples, and Kenya. We first meet Sasha in her mid-30s on her therapist's couch in New York City, confronting her long-standing compulsion to steal. Later, we learn the genesis of her turmoil when we see her as the child of a violent marriage, then as a runaway living in Naples, then as a college student trying to avert the suicidal impulses of her best friend. We plunge into the hidden yearnings and disappointments of her uncle, an art historian stuck in a dead marriage who travels to Naples to extract Sasha from the city's demimonde and experiences an epiphany of his own while staring at a sculpture of Orpheus and Eurydice in the Museo Nazionale. We meet Benny Salazar at the melancholy nadir of his adult life, divorced, struggling to connect with his nine-year-old son, listening to a washed-up band in the basement of a suburban house, and then revisit him in 1979 at the height of his youth, shy and tender, reveling in San Francisco's punk scene as he discovers his ardor for rock and roll and his gift for spotting talent. We learn what became of his high school gang who thrived and who faltered, and we encounter Lou Klein, Benny's catastrophically careless mentor, along with the lovers and children left behind in the wake of Lou's far-flung sexual conquests and meteoric rise and fall. A Visit from the Goon Squad is a book about the interplay of time and music, about survival, about the stirrings and transformations set inexorably in motion by even the most passing conjunction of our fates. So this book I remember vividly was unique in its style and take Mm -hmm. a lot of jumping back and forth, following people at different times in their life, and then also examining the ways in which one seemingly small choice may have had a huge ripple effect on not only their own lives, but also the lives of other people that they've encountered. This was a Pulitzer Prize winner. It was on a bunch of lists, you know, in terms Mm -hmm. of awards, Los Angeles Times Book Prize, National Book Critics Circle. So I understand why this is our friend Abby's favorite or one of her favorite books. Definitely. Um, I'm also always surprised. I know it's a sibling novel, but the fact that the, the like companion came out, what, 12 years later? Yeah, so much later in time. But when you said that this one's a classic, like, yeah, this cover is burned into my brain and I know I never read it, but like between recognizing Egan's name and the cover, yeah, it's something. Exactly. So yeah, that's A Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are gathered here today to give you permission to plan the wedding that you want. I'm Jessica Bishop. And I'm Sari Wienerman. And we're the hosts of the Bouquet Toss podcast. Today's couples have to juggle so many things from family expectations to outdated traditions and what's currently trending. So to make it easier, we're going deep to figure out why we do weddings the way that we do, so you can decide what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way. So there are so many great books that could answer all of these prompts. I mean, I've probably mentioned a hundred books about found family already this year, but Emma, what if we wrapped up with books that we picked because of the cover, whether they stood out to us for some reason, or feel like that's just pretty. Yeah, I do love this one because it's a little bit, I think, open-ended. Definitely. Cover certainly draws you in. But it, you have to also kind of want to read the book. <laughs> yes, I like I like this prompt because it almost feels like a free space, but it's really just like a choose yeah. your own adventure. Exactly. Like, so maybe which one was the, the cover what captivated you and then you you wanted to continue reading? I think it, it's a little flexible. I, I think it's a little bit of both. It could be, are you judging the book by its cover or... Did you see the cover and go, oh, yeah, this fits. And in my case, this book is exactly that. I saw the cover. It gripped me. And I went, yes, please. I can tell from just the cover that this fits the books I like to read. And this is a vibe. And that is Ghost Eaters by Clay McLeod Chapman. If you haven't heard me talk about this book before on the podcast already, It came out in September of 2022, and we follow Erin, who hasn't been able to set a single boundary with her charismatic but reckless college ex-boyfriend, Silas. When he asks her to bail him out of rehab, again, she knows she needs to cut him off. But days after he gets out, Silas turns up dead of an overdose in their hometown of Richmond, Virginia, and Erin's world falls apart. Then a friend tells her about Ghost, a new drug that will allow users to see the dead. Want to get haunted, he asks. Grieving and desperate for closure with Silas, Aaron agrees to a pill-popping seance. But the drug has unfathomable side effects. And once you take it, you can never go back. So we've got horror. We've got like the weird, twisty, turny. I don't know. It it makes me think of like the early 2000s that everything had a bit of a like a drug party scene to it in all of our media. So there's a little bit of harkening back to this, but I love this combination of like extreme grief with trying to find a resolution for it. And there is a quote from Chuck Wendig that calls this a gothic punk graveyard tale about what haunts history and what haunts the human soul, an addicting read that draws you into its descent from the first page. So 
That is Ghost Eaters by Clay McLeod Chapman. If you have not seen the cover, it spooked me. And I was like, yeah, I need to know. It's such a good, like, it's such a good cover. And seeing that, I went like, yeah, that's a book I'd read. So that's kind of how I took this one. But I could probably think of other titles that are like, ooh, that's pretty. I want to pick this up and read the back. And, you know, sometimes you keep reading and sometimes you don't. Exactly. And that is such a creepy cover. So creepy. So creepy. I remember when we were seeing this in the like title presentations because I was instantly like, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so my pick for that is a book I think I've talked about on the podcast before. I've most certainly talked about it on our Instagram stories at some point or reels or something. And this was. I will say really excellent marketing because I saw the cover. I saw like the little line on the front and I went, yep, I'm yep buying. And I ordered it immediately from Goldsboro books because it also had sprayed edges. And that is Lady Macbethad by Isabel Schuler. The cover is bright red. The image on the front is a sword and crown contrasting in royal blue so it is very captivating and the line on the front of the book says she will be queen whatever it takes really that's like that was seriously all of the motivation that i needed to be interested in this book fortunately for me the story sounds absolutely captivating as well something i did not know is that the Real-life Scottish queen who inspired Lady Macbeth is a thing. I had no idea, to be quite frank with y'all. Did not did not know that. Literally no idea. Now, the description has some Scottish names in it that are beyond my pronunciation skills. We'll just say that. I'm not going to try to pronounce them in like the original I'm just going to read you as much as I possibly can without absolutely butchering these names. Again, power, history, love, hate, vengeance. She will be queen, whatever it takes. Daughter of an ousted king, descendant of powerful druids destined to take her place in history. All of these things, yes. As a child, queen's name grandmother prophecies that she will one day be queen of Alba and reclaim the lands of her Pictish kin. When many years later, she is betrothed to Duncan, the heir elect, the prophecy appears to come true. Determined to never be as powerless as her parents, she leaves behind her home, her family, and her friend, Macbethad, and travels to the royal seat at Scone to seal her fate. But when a turn of events forces her to flee Duncan and the capital, she finds herself at the mercy of an old enemy. Her hope of becoming queen all but lost, she does what she must to survive until she is given a choice. Live a long, peaceful life, but fall into obscurity, or seize her chance for vengeance in a path back to the throne. An unputdownable, sweeping historical epic, Lady Macbethad reimagines the life of real-life Scottish queen who inspired one of Shakespeare's most famous characters. So yeah, Lady Macbethad by Isabel Schuler. This came out in March of this year. What a fun take. Yeah, and I had no idea it was based on other things. So now I'm a little bit down the rabbit hole of all of that history. 
with all of those suggestions to a few of the prompts, hopefully this inspires you to continue on with your pro book nerds reading challenge, gave you some suggestions and some fresh inspiration to get those picks in. And if you have finished your reading challenge already, be sure to send them to us either on social media. We are at pro book nerds on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, or send us them by email professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. We cannot wait to see your finished challenges. Thanks so much for chatting suggestions with me today, Joe. Oh, anytime. And happy reading. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.